we thank you, Lord, because you are bigger than everything. The song says you are bigger. You are bigger than everything that concerns us. We acknowledge your greatness. We acknowledge your power. We acknowledge your grace and your ability to transform our lives, to build us into who you want us to be. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that you meet us at a point of need for you. I just want to just see God lifted up above everything that is happening in your life. Just let God open your eyes to see him above everything. Every situation, every challenge. Say, Lord, let me see you above everything. As many as came into this place with burdens in their heart, in the name of Jesus Christ, I decree that let every burden be lifted up in the name of Jesus. As many as have come into this building with problems in their families, by the anointing that is in this house, I decree that let everything be resolved in the name of Jesus. Every form of confusion, I speak wisdom, I speak knowledge, I speak direction in the name of Jesus. Father, I decree that if there be any closed door, if there be any obstacles standing in the way of anybody in this building, from moving to the next level that you've called the person to be, Father, I decree that let every obstacle be lifted up in the name of Jesus. I decree, Lord, that every hand in this place is blessed. That every single thing they lay their hands to do, everything we put our hands into, it prospers in the name of Jesus. Sickness is not permitted in this house. To our loved ones, to our families, to our children, to the people we know, Father, let healing flow in this house in the name of Jesus. We cause every disease to its root in the name of Jesus. And Father, we ask, oh Lord, that you meet our needs. As many as have needs, practical needs, financial needs. We pray, oh Lord, that let there be open heavens upon this house. Let there be open heavens. Even as students, we pray for understanding. As teachers, we pray for, 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 uh, for strength to do what we are called to do. As a church, Father, we shine the light in this vicinity. We ask, O oh Lord, that let your word continue to increase amongst us. Let there be the performance of your spirit in this place in the name of Jesus. May we be united in the faith. As we come to your word, Father, we ask that you speak to our hearts. Speak to our hearts, O oh Lord. You came from heaven to earth. To show the way the earth to the cross, my debt you pay from the cross to the grave, from the grave to the sky. Lord, I lift your name on. Lord, I lift your name on high. Name on high. Lord, I love to sing your praises. 
I'm so glad you are in my life. I'm so glad you came to save me. You came from heaven to earth to show the way from the earth to the cross. My debt you pay from the cross to the from the grave to the sky. Lord, I live today. You came from heaven to wrath to show the way from the earth to the from my depth you pay from the cross to the grave from the grave to the sky Lord, I live. Let's sing this again. You came from heaven to wrath to show the way from the earth to the cross. My debt you pay from the cross to the grave. From the grave to the sky, Lord, I leave your name. The last time you came from heaven to earth to show the way from the earth to the cross, my debt you pay. From the cross to the grave, from the grave to the sky, Lord, I lift your name. Hallelujah. Now, just leave this song for me now. This has been our teaching. This has been my teaching. This has been the sermon for these few weeks. The facts that is contained in the gospel are what has been enshrined in these songs. First of all, Jesus came from heaven, which speaks about his divinity. Hallelujah. It speaks about him being God who came down from another realm to our realm. Actually, our realm is a lower realm. So whether you say the sky or you say in the heavens, we know that this is a lower realm. Hallelujah. So Jesus came from heaven to the earth. And being on earth, he has to be a man. Hallelujah. So being on earth has to do with his humanity. And then he did a lot. He showed us the way to the Father. From the earth that he was living, he died to the cross. Amen. He didn't die by mortal accident. but He died by execution on the cross. This is very significant. Hallelujah. From the cross... What we know happened is that he paid our debt, right? Then from the cross, something significant happened. He did what? He went to the grave. The grave is very significant in what happened to us. Hallelujah. The grave is very significant in what Christ achieved for us. And from the grave, he didn't remain in the grave and we forgot about him in the grave. But after three days, the Bible says what happened? He rose again from the grave. Hallelujah. So today, or oh, going forward, we'll be talking about the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen. In continuity to looking at, you know, Christology, the light of the gospel, we're going to be looking at the burial of Jesus Christ. How important is this in the message that we received. How important is his burial to our faith? Now the reason why many of us find ourselves struggling in the faith. 
is because we are not founded, we are not grounded in this truth that concerns how Jesus Christ died for us. The reason why you see somebody is behaving as a believer today and tomorrow, he began to or he begins to compromise. It's because his faith is not established on these facts, on this truth that concerns the faith that he professes. So for us to continue in this Christian race, this truth about what Jesus has achieved for us is fundamental. This is what we will continue to resign and continue to teach and continue to, to memorize until it becomes flesh in us. Because it's the only message we have is Jesus. Hallelujah. So the Bible says, Jesus, let's move to that John quickly. Help me with that scripture in John that we read earlier on. John chapter 2, verse 15. John chapter 2, verse 15. And when he had made a scotch of small cords, this is Jesus Christ in the temple. When he made a whip. Of small cuts, he drove them all out of the temple. The context here, for as many of us that are not familiar with the Bible, is that Jesus Christ came into the temple where the Jews worship. And he found out that they are selling things. The, market, the, the temple of God, the place of worship, has been turned into a market where people sell things and buy things, and then prices are inflated. You know, people are taken advantage of. Instead of people to be praying, they turn the house of God into a, a business center. And unfortunately, that is the reality of today's church. Today's church in many places has been turned into a business venture. Where profit is a target. Not even the profit of souls, but money. So he was very practical here. He made a whip. And the Bible says that, and when he had made a scotch of small cuts, he drove them all out of the temple. He chased everybody out. And the sheep and the oxen and poured out the changers' money and overthrew the tables. Those people doing money exchange, bring dollar, collect naira, bring TL, collect. He turned that table around and he chased them out of the temple. The next verse. And said unto them that sold dogs, take these things hence. Make not my father's house and house of merchandise. 17. And his disciples remembered that it was written, The zeal of thine house hath eaten me up. Then answered the Jews and said unto him, What sign showest thou unto us, seeing that thou doest these things? The Jews wanted a sign that would authenticate Jesus' authority. As what? As the Messiah. Because he was doing some things that they wanted to be sure. Oh, this man, where does he get his authority to do the things that he does? Hallelujah. This is Jesus' response to him. Jesus answered and said unto them, Destroy this temple and three days I will raise it up. Now, their mind was in the physical. Hallelujah. They were thinking of this building, the structure, you know, this edifice that has been built. Let's look at what Jesus was talking about. The next verse, 20, quickly, help me media. Then said the Jews, 40 and 6 years was this temple is, is this temple is building. And with thou, which word is there? Is it really? Really? Reel it up in three days? How can you say that this structure has been built for 40 and 6 years and then you're going to destroy it and raise it up in three days? How possible is that? But he spoke of what? Of the temple of his body. Hallelujah. I said something last time I said, in the Old Testament, many of the things that were expressed in the Old Testament were written in what? In shadows and symbols. Hallelujah. And even during the era of Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ was still speaking in shadows and symbols because that period is a transition period into the New Testament. Amen. So at that moment, they were still in the Old Testament era. That was why Jesus would continue to teach in parables. Hallelujah. And it was deliberate. But he spoke of what? Of the temple of his body. Meaning that his body. They will destroy this body. They are going to kill him physically. 
And then they will bury him, and then he will rise again after three days. That's what he's saying. That is a sign he's going to show to them to prove that he is a Messiah. Because in the books, it was written of him that the Messiah will be killed. And after three days, he will rise again. He will rise again. Hallelujah. Verse 22. And immediately. This is not the te text, please. Is it? Matthew 2.22 Therefore, Matthew, not John. John, rather. But when therefore he was risen from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this unto them, and they believed the scripture. Hallelujah. What did they do? His disciples, they believed the scriptures. They were written about him. They believe the Old Testament text regarding what, what Jesus has said because they saw it manifested in his time. Hallelujah. And let's look at that one in Mark, Mark 15, verse 42. Mark 15, 42 to 47. We'll make some comments and we move quickly. Now, when evening had come, because it was preparation day, that is the day before the Sabbath. Now, this was when Jesus Christ was already killed. Hallelujah. Joseph of Arimathea, a prominent council member who was himself waiting for the kingdom of God. Now, this man was waiting. This man was having an expectation of the reign of the kingdom of God. This man has a knowledge of the scriptures. This man has an understanding that there will be a time when the kingdom of God will be with men. So he was having expectation. Even though he was rich and successful, but his heart is with God. Hallelujah. So he can be rich and successful and still be a child of God. Amen. So it is not money that will take you away from God. Neither the lack of it. So I prefer that you have the money and have God. Hallelujah. Amen? I stopped there. So Joseph and Marmatia, a prominent council member who was himself waiting for the kingdom of God, coming and taking courage. When everybody was running away, you know, when Jesus Christ was buried, the disciples were, were, were in, into, you know, they ran away. Everybody was hiding in, the, in, the, in, in, in their houses. They were terrified of what has happened. And he gathered courage and went to, the, to Pilate and ask for the body of Jesus Christ. The next verse. Pilate marveled that he was already dead. He was so surprised. You mean this man is already dead? I mean, this man that I just hand over to them, so they've already executed him. And summoning the centurion, he asked him if he had been dead for some time. So this, he, Pilate called on this, the, the, the army commander and he was asking him if Jesus Christ was actually dead for a time, right? The next verse. So when he had found out from the centurion, he granted the body to Joseph because he actually wanted Jesus to be killed. So he wouldn't have given a, a living Jesus to Joseph Armatia. Hallelujah. He wanted to be sure that actually Jesus has been executed. He is dead. And what he will be handed over is a useless corpse that has no use. Hallelujah. Now, this is an affirmation that actually Jesus really died. Because that we're going to look at it further. Some people were, come up with theories that Jesus never died, that he never resurrected. Some religions say that Jesus Christ was on the cross, and then an angel of the Lord came and rescued him. And then he was replaced with one of the disciples, preferably Peter. Hallelujah. These are theories that have been written to counteract the facts about what? The death of Jesus Christ. Because they say that a God cannot die. But we know of a God that became a man so that you could die. And without him dying, then you, are, you and I are of what? Of no hope. Our faith is useless. Hallelujah. Not only that he died, if he died and then he was not buried, right? Then what we are going to look at, why he was buried, right? Then our faith is also hopeless. We have no hope without his burial. Some of us, when we talk about what Jesus Christ did, we only focus on the cross. 
and we don't know about what happened in the grave. Hallelujah. Without what happened in the grave, you and I will still be slaves today. Hallelujah. And without resurrection, the humanity, the crucifixion, his death and his suffering, and even the better will be useless without his resurrection. So we must therefore know what every single thing means and what has happened in every single state so that we can appreciate and appropriate this truth in our lives. Amen? That is why we are here to study. We are church is school. Hallelujah. And we study the works of Christ. So when he found out from the centurion, yes, the next verse, verse 46. Then he bought fine linen. Now, be very, very careful about what the, the, the um, uh, Joseph of Maritia bought. He bought a what? A fine linen cloth, right? Took him down and wrapped him in the linen. And he laid him in a tomb which had been hewn out of the rock. And rolled a stone against the door of the tomb. Now, this verse is, is very, very important. He bought a linen, a stone, and what did he do? He rolled it over what? Over the tomb. Yes, is here verse 47? Verse 47. And Mary Magdalene, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, observed where he was laid. Hallelujah. This is very important. The testimony of this woman to know where he had been laid is very, very important. So that we will not have a record. Probably Jesus Christ was given a life, not dead. The Bible tells us, the record gives us that what? That he was handed as a corpse to Joseph of Maritia. And then he was laid in the grave. And there were witnesses that saw where he was laid. Hallelujah. And when we read in other gospels, it will say that the, 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 that the disciple, the, the priest, chief priest, they came to Pilate. And they said, see, please. This foolish man, when he was alive, he was uttering some things that he would rise again afterward, after three days. Please, we want you to station some garrison of military at the grave to guard it. Should in case, rather in case, his disciples comes around and steal his body. And then they, they now say that he, he has risen. That, that, that the, 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 which word did they use? That this, this will be worse than even what he has been saying. This scene of him stealing them stealing the body and claiming that he has resurrected is worse than the, all the things he has been confessing about himself. So not only that Jesus Christ was killed, hallelujah, on the cross as a criminal, he was dead, he died literally. We saw last time that he died, hallelujah. We saw last week that he died, he gave up the ghost, right? And then he was buried. And then the, 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 the grave was sealed with a storm, with a, a big stone that was rolled around the the, the, the tomb. And then soldiers were positioned to guard the grave. What kind of a death is this that they have to guard the grave? Have you ever seen people guarding a corpse before? A corpse that is useless, has no, fun, has no use. Look at how the devil wanted to conceal this truth to us. Look at the effort that he went on to ensure that this truth is not revealed. But you see, God is bigger than all those stuff. Hallelujah. There's nothing that man can do to stop God from doing what he has destined to do. Either what he has said concerning you, either what he has said concerning our lives, either what he has said concerning our eternity. Even the devil cannot do anything with it. Hallelujah. So, where, where did Jesus go to when he was buried? It's a question I want someone to chorus. Where did Jesus go when he was buried? When people died, where did they go to? Amen? This is very important. Hallelujah. When people die, where do they go to? Okay. Pastor Victor, you're hearing the answers. You need a Bible story then. Hallelujah. We studied it. Yes, we studied it. Did he go to heaven? If Jesus went to heaven, it will mean that Jesus never suffered for three days. Hallelujah. Listen to what I'm saying. If Jesus Christ, when he died, immediately he went to heaven, it means that he never suffered for three days. That means that he didn't fulfill the prophecies of scriptures. Because when he died, he never went to heaven. Not even for one day. If he had gone to heaven, it simply means that Jesus never suffered for three days. That means that we are still miserable. Up to now. Hallelujah. If he remained in the grave, 
Do you know what it means? Again, it will mean he never died. Because when people die, their soul and spirit must depart their body. And only his body was in the grave. I said two things that are very, very simple to overlook, but they are very crucial and important. If we say that he remained in the grave, then we cannot say that he actually, some, nothing happened. Probably they just put him a gas mask and then he was in the grave. And then after three days, he came out and then he's proclaiming he's a hero. Hallelujah. But he went somewhere to another realm. He, only his body was in the grave. Amen. Now, the redemption of mankind did not end on the cross, as I said. It never ended in, on the cross. Because if it had ended on the cross, there will be still many things that have not been done. Jesus must test hell for three days and three nights. And this is the eternal death that he must suffer for sin. Hallelujah. These three days of being in hell, that is where he went to, is the eternal condemnation that you and I must test, that he has to go and test it on our behalf. He went out of the human realm into eternity and fulfilled the punishment that we all deserve to eternally be separated from God. Hallelujah. This is very important. This is very key. So don't, don't take his burial as something that is just a passerby. Is very crucial for our faith. It is a punishment for what? For our sins. He must go where sinners must go. He must fully identify with man on earth and even what? Even in afterlife. Hallelujah. So there's a place called the place of death in the Bible. We'll read through quickly. Media team, help me so that we can look at what this hell is. Psalm 16, verse 10. Psalm 16, verse 10. Quickly, help me. Psalm number 16, verse 10. And we're going to interpret these scriptures. Many times when we read scriptures, amen, look up, please, look up, please. Whenever you read the Old Testament, the way you can interpret the Old Testament is with the New Testament. If you try to apply the Old Testament Without a revelation of it in the New Testament, there's 99% chance that you'll be in error. Hallelujah. So many of us will go to Psalm and pick, oh, this, 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 and then we claim we run. And we run with error. Because we don't have the understanding of what we are running with. Amen? Now look at this text. David was speaking here. And we're going to see how the apostles interpreted the Psalms for us for, to apply them in our lives. For you will not leave my soul in Shoel. Nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. Now, give me Amplified, please. Amplified. For you will not abandon me to Shoel. What that Shoel means is the nether wall, the place of the death. That means there's a place that is for the people that have died. Hallelujah. So, nor will you allow your Holy One to undergo decay. This was David in the prophetic words, even through his experience, uttering things that will come. Hallelujah. Now let's move to Acts chapter 13 and look at what Paul was saying regarding this passage. Acts 13, verse 33 to 39. Acts 13, 33, 39. Give me amplified so it can be better understood. Acts 13, 33 to 39. That God had completely fulfilled his promise to our children by raising up as Jesus, as it is also written in the second psalm. You are my son, today I have begotten, I have begotten you. And as for the fact that he raised him from the dead, never again to return to decay, hallelujah, the decay is what? Decay is what? The grave. Amen? He has spoken in this way, I will give you the holy and the sure blessings of David. Those blessings and mercies that were promised to him. And the promise, promises of David is actually the promises of, what, of our salvation. Hallelujah. For this reason, he also says in another psalm. Which psalm? The psalm we just read. You will not allow your Holy One to, to see what? To see decay. For David, after he had served the purpose of God in his own generation, also fall, fell asleep. 
who was buried among his fathers and experienced decay in the grave. So David must not, can never be talking about himself. Hallelujah. Because he died, he went to the grave and he decayed. He never rose again. Hallelujah. But we saw earlier on he was prophesying and saying that you never allowed my body to what? To see corruption. Hallelujah. For David, after he had served the purpose of God in his own generation, he did what? He fell asleep and was buried among the, his fathers and experienced decay in the grave. The next verse. But he whom God raised, hallelujah, to life, did not experience decay in the grave. Verse 38. So let it be clearly known to you here in this building that what? Brothers, that through him forgiveness of sin is being proclaimed to you. 39, the last verse. And through him, everyone who believes, who acknowledges Jesus as Lord and Savior, follows him, is justified and declared free of guilt from all things. All things. Somebody say all things. All things. You are declared free from guilt from everything you can call and think sin. Hallelujah. From all things from which you could not be justified and freed of guilt through the Lord of Moses. Amen. Let that sink into us. As many as want to obey the law of Moses. The law itself is not bad. That's not what we're saying. But we're saying that there's something better than the law. And it was brought to us through this act. This sacrificial act of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Let's look at how Peter interpreted this place. Acts chapter 2 verse 25. Acts chapter 2, verse 25. I wish that many of us will be receiving and learning and growing. For David says of him, I saw the Lord constantly before me. For he is at the right hand, or at my right hand, so that I will not be shaken from my set of security. Therefore, my heart rejoices. And the tongue exalted exceedingly. Moreover, my flesh also will live in hope. That is, will encamp in anticipation of the resurrection. Hallelujah. David saw something. Amen. So what will make David dance and dance naked? It's not because he won the war. It's not because he had money. Not because he married beautiful wives. It's because he saw something. He was anticipating something. Hallelujah. And when we talk about salvation, I don't know how you feel. When we talk about what Christ has achieved for us, I don't know how, how, how you, you understand it. When we say we rejoice, we rejoice not because our pockets are full with cash. If the only thing that makes you rejoice, if the only thing that tingles you around is bank alert, then you are, you are not only poor, you are wretched. You are the most miserable person on earth. If the only thing that moves you is money in the account. All your degrees, all your certificates. Then you've not started life. And you don't have hope for the future. Hallelujah. So I pray that God will give you a revelation of what Christ has achieved for you. And whenever you hear it, you can hear it. You can never hear it enough. You can never hear it enough. And whenever you hear it, it, it if there is the Spirit of God, it, it stirs up this excitement in you. It stirs up this sense of security in you. It stirs up this sense of com comfort and satisfaction in you. Sometimes when we hear about what Christ has done for us, it makes us forget about the perils of the world. It makes us know that we have something greater. Something greater than gold. Something that nothing can purchase it. Something that no man can transfer to you, even if he has an excess. Hallelujah. Something precious that is greater than what we can think and imagine. Verse 27. For you will not forsake me and abandon my soul to Hades. Hallelujah. You see Peter again making these comments. And Hades is what? It's a realm of the dead. That is where I want us to point out. That is what I want us to underline. 
Jesus went to where? The realm of the dead. He went to the realm of the dead. Now let your Holy One undergo decay after death. Jesus knew that he will go to the grave and not decay physically. He will be raised up again. And the prophets, have, it, as, as mentioned in several times in scriptures, and we see the apostle what, explaining to us what those prophecies mean and connecting it to Christ Jesus. The next verse, verse 28. You have made known to me the ways of life. You will fulfill me, infusing my soul with joy with your presence. Brothers, I may confidently and freely say to you regarding the patriarch David. Now, look at them. Bringing it to David again. Hallelujah. This was a sermon not of Peter we are reading here. Bringing it to David. That he died died and was what? And was buried. And his tomb is where? Is with us today. When David died, nothing happened to his corpse, to his body. Amen. He didn't, nothing special happened to his, his body. Verse, verse 30. And so being prophet and knowing fully that God had sworn to him with an oath that he will sit one of his descendants on his throne. Now when we talk about the throne of David, he's not talking about the throne of Israel. Hallelujah. It's higher and bigger than that. Amen. It's higher and bigger than that. Let's see the next verse. Immediate him, help me, deliver me. The last verse. He foresaw and spoke prophetically about what? About the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one. About the resurrection of, of the Christ. The Christ is an office that Jesus is occupying. So the surname of Jesus is not Christ. Hallelujah. Jesus the Christ, Jesus the one who is to do what? To, to, to liberate us, to deliver the anointed one, the Messiah. That he was not abandoned in death to Hades. What does that death mean? The reign of the dead. Nor did his body undergo decay. Hallelujah. Quickly, Romans chapter 10. Romans 10, Romans 10, quickly. Romans chapter 10. Romans 10, verse 6. 6 and 7. It says, But the righteousness based on faith, which produces a right relationship with him, says the following. Do not say in your heart, Who will ascend into heaven? That is to bring Christ down. Or who will descend into the abyss? That is to bring Christ up from the dead, as if we had not been saved. Have to be saved by our own efforts, doing the impossible. The word abyss there is what I'm looking for. Hallelujah. Another word that is used to explain that place that Jesus went to. Hell, Hades, Shoel, some translation. The place of the dead. Then finally Luke chapter 16, verse 19 to 31. We're not going to read. It is a story that Jesus gave. Sometimes we confuse it to be a parable about Abraham and the 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 the, 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 the the rich man and Lazarus, right? And some people are trying to say this could be a parable. Jesus is, but the Bible never told us that it's a, it's, it's a parable. Jesus Christ was given an account of something that he has seen. Amen? The rich man died, the poor man died, and they all found themselves somewhere. Hallelujah. And the poor man, in way, and even where they were, there was a demarcation between the rich, the good, and not the rich and the poor. The good, those who believe the gospel. Let's read this quickly, quickly, quickly. Then we close. Let's read this. Give me Luke chapter 16, verse 19. King James, so we can read quickly. King James version. Luke 16, verse 19. And follow me quickly. Luke 16, verse 19. There was a certain rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and fed. Verse 16, 16. Verse 19, rather. There was a certain rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and fed sumptuously every day. He ate as he fed well. But there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, full of straws, who was laid at his gate, designing, desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. So it was that beggar 
So it was that the beggar died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And being in the torments in Hades, he lived. Who was in torment in Hades? The rich man, right? He lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom, which means that they were not in the same place. They were in separate places. But one was in torment. Why? Because he never believed. Then he cried and said, Father Abraham. He recognized the father Abraham in even where he was. He, then he cried and cried after this. He said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue for I am tormented in this, in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that in your lifetime you receive your good things and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted and you are tormented. And beside all this, between us and you is a great gulf fixed. So that those who want to pass from here to you cannot, nor can those from there pass to us. Quickly. Then he said, I beg you therefore, Father, that you will send him to my father's house. For I have five brothers that he may testify to them. Testify what? To preach the gospel to them. The gospel that he refused to believe. While he was alive. Lest they also come to this place of torment. Abraham said to him, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. In a nutshell, what he's telling them is that they have the Bible. Let them listen to the word and believe. If anybody cannot believe the scriptures, the Moses, Moses he has to do with the scriptures written by Moses and the prophets and all that they said. And he said to no, no father, but if one goes to them and from the dead, if somebody comes from here and do what and declare the gospel, then they will repent. Look at what Abraham said. But he said to him, if they do not hear the Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded to though one rise from the dead. Hallelujah. Even when Jesus Christ rose from the dead, they never believed. Who is God? They didn't believe. And even today, there are people in this hall that still, they, didn't, they don't want to believe. Hallelujah. Even with this exposition, they still don't want to believe. This is true. So where did Jesus go? That, that means that there's a place. What we establish is there's a place where the dead goes. Hallelujah. Amen. That is, what we, that is the foundation we're laying up to now. There's a place called Hades. I don't want to go to how that place was been bastardized in history. About people paying money so that you pray, so that they'll be transferred from that place to heaven. Money cannot be paid to remove you from that place to, that, to, a, to the heaven. Hallelujah. In fact, let me tell you, that place has been closed. Amen? Why did I say so? Jesus went from the cross to the place of the dead. Call what? Hades. Jesus went to hell but never remained in hell. He rose from there. So what did Jesus go there to achieve for us when he died? That is the question we should be asking. Why does he have to go there? We know in summary we say that he's going there, freed us right, from our sins. What action really happened in the grave? What really happened in the grave? What really happened in that place? We call Hades. What did Jesus actually do? Or what did he do in that place? Matthew 27 verse 51 and 54. Let's look at what happened quickly. Matthew 51. Matthew 27 51 rather. Then he, behold the veil of the temple was torn. Hallelujah. Now be sensitive. If you are sleeping you have to open your eyes now. Behold the veil of the temple was torn in two. From top to bottom. And the earth, what? Quake. Hallelujah. Now, these are not symbols and shadows. It really quaked. The cotton was torn. Hallelujah. And the rocks were what? Were split. Like the ground was open. And coming out of. Wait a minute. Which verse was it? Verse 52. And the grave were open. What happened? Graves open. Which grave? Was it the grave of Jesus Christ? Was it the grave of Jesus Christ that was open? No, right? And the graves, because Jesus had only one grave. So they wouldn't have put S. That S is not typing error. It's graves were opened. And many bodies of who? Of who? The saints who died even before Jesus Christ came 
who had fallen asleep. The Bible called them, they were fallen asleep. They were raised. So when Jesus Christ died and he was raised, he, never, he didn't resurrect alone. Do you know why? So that we can be sure that the resurrection is true. That even when we die, we will rise again. Amen? He, they, were, they were raised again. Look at the next verse. And coming out of the graves after his resurrection, they went into the holy cities and appeared to many. So many people saw them. They knew they recognized them. Who were believers. They saw people that resurrected from the grave. When Jesus died and resurrected. They appeared to many. The last verse, verse 54. So when the centurion and those with him who were guarding Jesus saw the earthquake and the things that had happened, they feared greatly, saying, truly, this was the Son of God. Hallelujah. Hebrews 2 verse 9, the last verse for today. Hebrews 2 verse 9. Hebrews 2 verse 9 to 15. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels, for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, might test death for everyone. Hallelujah. He tested death for all of us. For you and I, that I will not die that death. Verse 30. Verse, uh, verse, yeah, verse 10, rather. For it was fitting for him for whom are all things and by whom are all things. That is who? That is Jesus. Right? In bringing many sons to glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through suffering. He had to suffer so that I and you will not suffer. Now, this suffering is not, we're not talking about, I know go suffer, I know go beg. That is not what it's meaning. That we will not suffer the consequences of sins. Hallelujah. Perfected through sufferings. That he will suffer, that we will not suffer. Hallelujah. The next verse. For both he who sanctifies and those who are being sanctified are of what? Are all of one. For which reason he is not ashamed to call them brethren. So Jesus Christ is not ashamed to associate himself with you. Hallelujah. We've become one brethren with him. we become one family with him. Not only that we became one with God, we became one with one another here in the faith. Hallelujah. So when I look at you, my brother in the Lord, wherever you're coming from, I believe we are one. <laughs> Somebody used to say something to me on phone. She said, uh, this is your people. I come from a place called Joss in Nigeria. She said, this is your Joss brother. As I see, never call anybody from Joss my brother. If you are not sure he's a believer. Hallelujah. Anybody that is, that, and oftentimes, the person will be a bad person, maybe an unbeliever that did something in the office, because I know that she works together with some people in the office, and she said, this is your Joss brother. I said, that, that person can never be my brother. He's not born again. Even if my mom gave back to him, he's not my brother. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ said the same thing when he was teaching. They say your parents, your family, they're looking for you. Say, who are my siblings? Who are my mother? These are my siblings. Those who, who are hearing me and are willing to obey, right? Paraphrasing that. Amen. So when you come to church, drop your tribalism. Let me tell you. Oh, time. Your tribe is a curse. It's not a blessing. There's nothing special to celebrate about your tribe. You know, our culture. I am not a cultural man. I'm a Bible man. Hallelujah. Culture is, is a product of the falling of man. Any culture that is not scriptures is a counterfeit culture. Amen. Any tradition, you say we have to keep the tradition. Which tradition? Is it the tradition of God or the tradition of men? When we come to Christ, there's no Greek, there's no Jew. Hallelujah. There's no male, there's no female. We are one in Christ. Hallelujah. And we have one culture, and the culture is Jesus. Amen. That is what makes me one with you. So when I see you, I don't need to see you and say, this person is behaving like a librarian. First of all, we know no man according to the flesh. Hallelujah. So when I see you, I should see a man that has become like Jesus. So a Christian in Nigeria is the same Christian in America. Because they will give back to the same result. 
the way is the same thing everywhere. Hallelujah. Who is blessed today? Jesus went to hell to free captives. Those who died before the coming of Christ. Who believed the gospel. Following his death for sin, Jesus journeyed to Hades. To the city of death. And ripped its gates off the hinges. Hallelujah. I feel excited whenever I come to this thought that Jesus went to... Do you know what he did to the devil? We watched a drama last week here. Something significant happened in the drama that many people don't know. When Jesus sees that spear from Satan, do you know what he did? He took away the power from the Satan. He went to his territory. He disarmed him. Hallelujah. He rendered him powerless. Let's rise on our feet. I know what way that happened. It happened within those three days that he died. That he was buried. Hallelujah. He went, he disarmed the enemy. Not only did he disarm the enemy, he took what the enemy took away from us. Hallelujah. What Adam gave to, man, to the devil, what Adam willed to the devil, Jesus Christ went to the territory of the enemy and, 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 and he took from him By the power of the Holy Ghost, we're going to look at the resurrection and what it means for us. We're going to prove that Jesus resurrected. Amen. Next week, we're going to do a forensic analysis of how Jesus resurrected. We're going to prove from scriptures that Jesus really resurrected. We're going to go to court and prove our case that Jesus was resurrected. Hallelujah. Thank God in tongues. Father, we thank you for this truth by which we are liberated. Thank you for this truth by which we can boldly say we are forgiven. Thank you for this truth by which we can, we can, we, we, we can walk in confidence, in assurance that you've done it all for us.